Welcome to the weekly sermon podcast from the First Christian Church in Great Bend, Kansas. We are a church with a mission of inspiring ordinary people to live extraordinary lives for Christ. It really doesn't matter who you are, what you have done, or how you choose to worship. You belong here. We pray that this week's sermon blesses you and that you feel God's presence through it today. So today we are in week three of our Lenten sermon series called, Are We Pharisees? And remember what we're doing in this series that, that is meant to help us take a critical look at our own lives, which is what Lent's supposed to be to prepare us for Easter, is examining some of the interactions that Jesus had with the religious people of his day to see what these holy men might just have to teach us about missing the point. So... In thinking through all the research and reading that, that I have done regarding the Pharisees to kind of get ready for this particular sermon series, when I think back through all of that, what really stood out in my mind, especially in regards to the interactions that Jesus had with the Pharisees, is that, the truth be told, they, they seem to be a very judgmental bunch. Or they seem to be the kind of religious people who, because they think they've got it all figured out, that that spend a whole lot of their time looking down their noses at everyone else like somehow they're better. But what we find Jesus doing in response to this kind of self-righteousness is he tells a parable that that not only calls them out for this kind of self-righteousness, but that offers all of us a much better way to live. So the parable begins in Luke 18.10, and it says this, Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee, another a tax collector. And what Jesus is doing here in setting up this parable is he is comparing a Pharisee, one of those people who are considered to be holy and faithful, with a tax collector, a person whom all Jews can agree is considered to be the scum of the earth. It doesn't get any worse than a tax collector. Or to think about this in a bit more modern way, think about the Pharisee being like a pastor and that pastors are supposed to be holy and faithful people. And about the tax collector being like a drug dealer, whom I think everyone can generally agree is is a scum. And given the comparison that this parable sets up, the expected outcome is going to be something that lifts the Pharisees up because of their goodness, right? While tearing the tax collector down because of their sin which at first is how the the parable plays itself out. Jesus continues, he said, The Pharisee standing by himself was praying thus, God, I thank you that I am not like other people, thieves, rogues, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week and give a tenth of all of my income. Now, I know at first when we hear this, this sounds strange to us, but what you got to understand is that this Pharisee is actually praying a normal Jewish prayer at that time, right? Thanking God for being good and then condemning all those who are evil. Or to see this, possibly starting around the time of Jesus, there were three blessings that every Jewish male was obligated to pray every single day. And the way this particular prayer went was, I thank you, God, that I am not a Gentile, a woman, or a slave. That's what they prayed. They had to pray it. So what I want you guys to see is all of this is normal. What Jesus is saying here in this prayer, they wouldn't have heard it as pompous or arrogant. They would have understood that this is the way the holy and righteous prayed at that time. Next, he then turns his attention to the tax collector and he says this. But the tax collector standing far off 
would not even lift up his eyes to heaven, but was beating his breast saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Which is also normal. Because given a tax collector is considered unclean, he would not be allowed into certain parts of the temple. So he had to stand far back. And given a tax collectors were considered to be the worst kind of sinners, his prayer and posture make absolute perfect sense. I mean, he knows he's a sinner. He knows he is guilty of selling out his own people. He knows what he is doing is not right. So there's no bragging here. There's no thanking God for being someone else. No, there's just a desperate man asking God for mercy, which is exactly what someone in his place should do given his sin. God, be merciful to me, a sinner. So again, everything up to, the, up to this point in the parable lines up with the way people thought about the world at that time. But as Jesus likes to do with all of his parables, after he sets it up in a normal way where people are expecting a certain outcome, he then throws in a twist. Because remember, the, the way they expect it to come out is he's going to talk about how the tax collector needs to become like the Pharisee. There's going to be some kind of condemnation of the bad and the lifting up of the good. Or, or in the same way, when you think about it in, in modern terms, we would want a drug dealer to become more like a minister. That's the logic they expect to hear. And yet Jesus says this, I tell you this man, the tax collector, went down to his home justified rather than the other. I tell you, this man went down to his home justified rather than the other. Now, at this point in the story, the people standing around listening to Jesus would have been absolutely blown away by what he just said. Or what I picture as Jesus speaks these words is the crowd falls silent. Everybody's mouth kind of drops open a little bit because they can't believe that Jesus just said a tax collector is more righteous than a Pharisee. I mean, that goes against everything they've ever been taught or to get at it in a modern way. This is like saying the drug dealer, you know, someone who's given their life to selling illegal drugs in a community is more righteous than a minister who's doing it every single day because of a prayer that they prayed. And yet, that's exactly what Jesus says. I tell you, this man went down to his home justified rather than the other. And then after Jesus drops that bomb and everybody's kind of sitting around with their mouths part open, he finally gets to the point he's trying to make. And this is the point that we need to get today. For all who exalt themselves will be humbled, but all who humble themselves will be exalted. All who exalt themselves will be humbled, and all who humble themselves will be exalted. Now, part of what I think Jesus is doing here, because it's bigger than this, but part of what I think Jesus is doing here is not saying that the Pharisees need to stop what they're doing in their quest to live faithful lives, although no doubt they need to make some changes, or that it's okay for the tax collector just to continue on sinning in the same way as long as he keeps coming to the temple and making this prayer. No, what I think Jesus is trying to get all of us to see here is the importance of humility. And that regardless of how faithful we may be or how sinful we are, we need to look a whole lot more like the tax collector crying out for mercy than the Pharisee bragging about how faithful he is. And one of the main reasons for why this is so important is because what happens when people allow their pride or their self-righteousness to take over, and we're all guilty of this, by the way, is we eventually get to the place where we actually believe that we are the ones who are qualified to judge everyone else. 
or, or like we see the Pharisees doing over and over again with Jesus and even in this prayer, the self-righteous are always quick to judge others. But of course, what oftentimes happens as the self-righteous basically stand around looking down their noses, pointing their fingers at everyone else, is that their judgmental disposition does very little to help people see the error of their ways or to draw people into relationship with God and a whole lot with pushing people away. Now, why all of that's so important for you and I to get as modern-day Christians is because whether we like it or not, want to admit it or not, when it comes to self-righteousness, the truth is we are way more like the Pharisees than any of us want to admit. That's the truth of the matter. And the reason I say that is because what research continues to show us over and over and over again about what non-Christians really think about us is that we Christians are not known as a humble bunch of people who have given our lives to serving and loving others, but instead are seen as the kind of people who stand around saying prayers like, God, I thank you that I am not like one of those sinful people because I have been found. God, I thank you that I am one of the good ones because I attend church, serve on occasion, and give my money. Or the truth is, according to the numbers, the way that most non-Christians view us Christians is we are a bunch of self-righteous, arrogant, know-it-alls. Or in every major surgery, surgery, every major survey I have ever seen regarding what non-Christians think about Christians, the two most prevalent things that they say has nothing to do with humbleness or kindness or, or grace, which is what they should say because that should be oozing out of us. No, the way most non-Christians see us today are as judgmental hypocrites. The top two answers are always we are judgmental hypocrites. Judgmental in the sense that we are defined more by what we are against and what we are for, and hypocritical in the sense we're the kind of people who say one thing in one place and live a completely different life elsewhere. But what really takes all of this stuff to the next level in my mind is that in a fairly recent survey, it has been shown that less than 25% of non-church people have a favorable view of the church. Or another way to say that, another way to think about that is three-fourths or 75% of all of those people out there that need them some Jesus do not see the church as a good thing or as a lie to the world, but as something to stay away from. And the reason for this, as one author put it, is because the church, if we're honest, we have been harsh. We have been judgmental. We have been exclusionary. And too often, we've even been abusive, which aren't qualities people should expect from Christians, but too often is exactly what Christians have shown them. Or sadly, what these statistics reveal to us is that according to to non-Christian, all those people out there in the world that need them some Jesus, we are the modern-day Pharisees. We are the very people who are driving and keeping others away. And you really need to think about that. That's a huge deal. Okay, So, so now that you're getting your brain wrapped around all of that... The, the simple solution that Jesus offers us to, to overcome this Phariseeism, if you will, is we need to learn some humility. We need to learn some humility. 
And the best way that I have found to help us learn humility as Christian, which in one sense is what the tax collector models to us, is we need to simply remind ourselves that we are Christian. And then we need to remember what it means to be a Christian. Because the truth be told, the, really the only difference that, that exists between Jesus followers and non-Jesus followers when it comes right down to it is that one group has accepted God's forgiveness while the other has not. One group has accepted God's grace, the unferreted neighbor, while the other hasn't. Or to see this, I want you to imagine two different people giving their life over to sin, right? Or imagine over a 20-year period, two men just going out and doing whatever they wanted to do whenever they wanted to do it and basically committing all the same sins. Then what I want you to do is imagine one of these men giving their life to Christ. And what that puts into perspective is really the only difference that exists between these two men is one has accepted the grace that God has offered while the other hasn't. And that's it. At a very basic level, that's it. Or to keep pushing, let's just say the one who chooses to follow Jesus in his weakness continues to revisit the same old sins over and over again, right? Which we're all guilty of, are we not? while the other man just keeps going without a care in the world. Again, at a very basic level, the only real difference between these two men, especially in regards to righteousness in our relationship with God, is that one has accepted God's grace and the other hasn't. Which in turn helps us to understand that who we are as Christians has nothing to do with what we have done or what we've accomplished and that somehow we have earned this or we've worked our way into this, which makes us better no, the truth is, just like every single person who has ever lived on this planet, we are all sinners. The only difference is, is we have accepted this grace, this mercy, while others haven't. Or that, my friends, is what it takes to, to not only learn humility, but live it every single day. This is the disposition we should have in our lives. Or this is what it looks like to become like the tax collector who cries out. Have mercy on me, a sinner. But then here's the good news in the midst of all of this. If we as Christians truly do adopt this kind of humility that Jesus is getting at and get away from this self-righteousness, then not only will we begin to see what God will do with us, right? Because all who humble themselves will be exalted. It's a God thing. But ultimately, what it's going to help us to do when it comes to all those non-Christians out there is instead of spending a whole lot of our time standing around looking down our noses at others and judging them, which just does nothing to push people away. I mean, think about how you feel in situations when people are standing around judging you and what that actually does to you. Does that bring you any closer or does it push you away? 90% of the time, it does nothing but push you away. And so we need to become the kind of Christians who give our time not to judging but to meeting other sinners where they are, as they are, with grace, love, humility, and mercy, so that ultimately we can show and tell them about this God who not only longs to forgive and save us, but wants to do the same for them as well, which in turn will help us to become the kind of church that is not um, judgmental or the kind of church that people stay away from, but the kind of church that people look to as a light to the world because somehow we are different. I mean, you guys see how powerful that is? It's just a small little tweak, but it changes not only your life, but it changes the life of this church. So what I would like to propose to you guys 
is that every single day when you get up in the morning, not only to, to have your sins forgiven by crying out, God have mercy on me, a sinner, but also to remember who you are and why you are who you are, that we say that prayer. God have mercy on me, a sinner. And then the next time you meet those people out there that you would normally judge, because let's be honest, we're really good at that. We don't judge. We love. We remember who we are. And then hopefully an opportunity arises where we can say, hey, I've been forgiven and I can show you what that looks like. Why don't we try that? It's not working the way it's going. Let's find some humbleness and go out and tell others about this grace. Let us pray. Father, the truth is, it's easy to judge. The truth is, it's easy to sit around thinking that we've got it all figured out. It's easy just to judge others and not see them um, as, as people and just to kind of move on. But help us today, oh Lord, see that who we are is not something that we have done. No, all we've done is accepted what you've done for us. So help us, Lord, to go out into the world and find all those people who need you, which is everyone who doesn't have you. Instead of pointing fingers, may we simply tell them that, that we are sinners too, full of flaws and errors, but we know how to be forgiven. And we can show you the same thing. Lord, help us to live this kind of humility and become a humble church that truly is about meeting people where they are. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon, and we hope you are able to join us next week. To learn more about FCC Great Bend, visit us online at firstchristianchurchgb.com. Again, that's firstchristianchurchgb.com. God bless and have a great week.